The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Colt, we are back, and it is another wonderful Wednesday here at the Night Shift. Hope everybody's having a wonderful week and trucking through their work weeks. We are here with a very special guest tonight, the chiller queen herself, Miss Avery Warner. Everybody Hello, give her everybody. A warm, hollow Colt welcome. That would be wonderful. <laughs> How is everybody? I'm doing. Have you amazing. been? Have you been, Avery? Oh, I've been busy, but been amazing. Um, since we last talked, a lot has changed. You know, when yeah. when's the last time we did an episode together? It was like a year ago, right? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a long time. Yeah. And you guys, I actually, I think this whole thing that you guys are doing with the live, like that whole intro with the music, it got me in the zone. Like I was, I felt like I was gonna be abducted soon. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the hype. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's good to hear that you're doing good. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been over the year. I mean, obviously, like you guys know, uh, building a podcast and uh, going through all the things. How long have you guys had your podcast? Uh, four years. Yeah, four years. It'll be five years in March. Yeah. So about four and a half. Damn, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a slow progression, right? Yes. You just gotta be yes. consistent. I've had mine for almost two years now, and yeah, just going through the hurdles. But it's been yeah, fun. It's, it's tough. It is fun. It it leads me on these crazy journeys, especially like the one that I'm going to talk to you guys about. Yeah, we're excited to hear because we did like we were talking about just a minute ago. We did a, a four part deep dive into Mr. Bledsoe and in his experience. Yeah. And then I saw you post the other day how you went and met him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I actually um going to see Ryan Bloodsoe in 3 weeks. And Okay. Um cuz I live here in North Carolina. So they're both in North Carolina, only like 3 hours from me. And that's that's kind of why this whole thing was able to happen because 
when I heard the story of Chris Bledsoe, um, it was actually on the Tinfoil Hat podcast. Love that okay. show. Um, yeah. And so I was listening to him on there and I was listening on my headphones and all of a sudden they started talking about, you know, like presenting these orbs and then all of a sudden like some of these orbs had like pictures of faces in them and stuff. And I'm like, man, I got to go find the video of this because I need to see if this is even legit. So then I, I pull up the video, I'm watching the video and I see, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, this has to be fake. You know, I mean, like in the UFO community, right? Like there's, there's so much that can be manipulated, right? It's really hard to identify what's real and what isn't real. But this guy's story was like very interesting. It seemed like it was nothing that I had heard before um, compared to some of the other stories that were out there. And so I decided to get his book and then I was reading his book and I realized he lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's only three hours from me. And apparently, you know, and then I watched his, his episode on the History Channel and how he can basically like call these things on command. They just, they come to him when he starts praying and it's, it's like a nightly occurrence. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to see, I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can share the night sky and maybe I can have my first experience. So, and he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, are you, are you serious? Like, I get, I get to come up there. And so I, I made this whole, like, I was so psyched. I was not even thinking that anything was going to happen. I was just, I was just excited to even just be there, talk to him and kind of explore his story more. And, uh, it was wild. It was wild. Do you guys want, so I take it, you ended up seeing something. Yes. Do you guys want me to, to just go into it? Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So, so we show up, so it was me and my boyfriend. Okay. Um, and I had done a lot of background on Chris Bledsoe. So I was reading into his stories and you guys, I mean, full, first off, can I ask you guys something? What, what is your guys's viewpoint on this whole disclosure thing that's going on? What do you guys think about the whole alien phenomena and all the stuff that's going down right now? Um, I don't know, man. I think, uh, I, I just don't trust them all that much. Honestly. Yeah. I feel like they've spent the last 60, 70 years telling us that this shit is weather balloons and Venus and everything else. And now all of a sudden they're like, Hey, psych, all this shit's real. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp. Yeah. I mean, do you, like, do you think that these are evil or do you think this comes from some sort of mm. occult phenomenon? Like, I mean, I've heard so many narratives around this whole thing. I mean, you know, people from a Christian standpoint will look at it as more of something that's like we're dealing with demonic things and they're, you know, summoning these things into our world. And this is like evil you know, and I've also heard that, you know, these are extraterrestrials coming from somewhere else or these are interdimensional beings like there's there's so many narratives out there. And so I always like to know where someone's coming from, because when I came into this, I'll tell you, like before I even saw Chris, 
or even heard his story, which by the way, you guys have heard his story a lot longer before I did. From the time that I heard his story to the time that I went and visited him, it was only two weeks. So it was very rapid. Um, But before that, uh, I did an episode saying, are aliens demons? Because I, with all this disclosure coming out, you know, I was really confused. I'm like, I see a lot of people talking about this being, there's all this occult symbolism around it. There's like, you know, all this, this is potentially coming from like dark entities and, you know, this government has an agenda behind it, all this stuff. Right. So I kind of came to this conclusion that like, maybe this is something evil and maybe I shouldn't really be messing around with it. But then I heard Chris's story and the background with Chris is like, you know, I read his book and a lot of things that I read beforehand, even with just like UFO researchers and things like that, they talk about how kind of a prerequisite to having an abduction is dealing with the occult, you know, or some, some, most people have dabbled in the occult prior than being abducted. And then after they're abducted, they end up going towards this like new age spirituality and, and all these paganism and all these different types of things. And so that got me a little confused and I, you know, wanted to research more into it. So with Chris's story, he was very religious before he had his abduction happen. And he was a Pentecostal. He was super religious. His whole family was religious. And he was just in a very traumatic state in his life. And he ends up going on a camping trip and he's going out with his sons. They're fishing and he decides, you know, like he's he's pretty much at this point where he wants to give up on life. And he ends up, he ends up, uh, praying, you know, to God and these orbs came down, like these very large balls of fire came down. And then all of a sudden four hours is missing. His son, he comes, he comes to go look for his son. And all of a sudden his son's like, you know, everyone's wondering where he's been for hours and he didn't even realize, you know, time had even lapsed. And so he, you know, realized like, you know, after that, he, he started getting visited a lot by these entities and, um, you know, there's a lot to his story where when he, when he calls on these things, it's more in prayer. And when he talks about this, he talks about it being more of like a biblical thing. And when we look at the Bible and some of the things that are talked about in the Bible, you know, a lot of that stuff talks about how, you know, these, you know, even angels come on clouds of fire, you know, and a lot of the descriptions of these angels are not like the humans with wings. It's, it's these balls of light, these balls of fire and, and, you know, they come in clouds and things like that. So it's very interesting that a lot of people will read that in the Bible and believe that it comes from God rather than, you know, if this, if it happens in present day, it must be coming from the devil. You know, a, a lot of Christians want to close their mind off to the potentiality that this could be happening present day and it's still be coming from God. And so Chris's perspective is that this is spiritual and these are spirit beings. These are angels he, you know, there was a, a woman that had come to him one night and he calls her the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. Um, and I'll tell you, like Chris's story is very sensational. You know, I mean, he's predicted 
I mean, he was he was doing um, remote viewing and he was able to see that the Pope was going to be assassinated during a certain time. And he was involved with the uh, takedown of someone who was going to assassinate the Pope, you know, the, or the Pope. And, you know, he's, he's had all these revelations come to him previous to a lot of natural disasters that he was able to predict. And a lot of the stuff I'm just like, you know, how have I never heard of this guy? And how how is this story not like publicized everywhere? Because that's just, you know, that's crazy. Um, but when I read his story, you know, I was like, okay, well, if these things are coming to him on a regular basis, then I should be able to go down there and have an experience, you know, and that's really going to like change my mind. So we went down there, we packed up all of our stuff, we drove down there and we get there. And like Chris just has this calming demeanor. You know, like you're just in his presence and he's just such a nice guy and he's just so calm and he just seems extremely humble. He just seems like a really great guy. And he's telling me all these stories and I'm just like, you know, I'm getting really pumped up because I know that we're about to go sky watching and I'm getting like super pumped up and I'm, I'm, he shows me. So when you look at his Instagram, he has tons and tons of videos and pictures of things that he has captured. And what people don't know is that, well, I mean, if you read his book, he talks about how for a really long time, he wasn't actually able to capture these things on video because these things wouldn't allow him. Like he had, he had shown me a video of his wife trying to take a picture of an orb and the camera would not click. But when she'd turn away to look at something else, it would click. But when she'd go to turn towards the orb, it wouldn't click. And so these things definitely have the ability to, to manipulate, uh, you know, technology and stuff like that. So for a long time, he wasn't actually able to capture anything until he came in contact with this lady that he calls the Holy Spirit. And the lady basically was there who was like, you know, this is what you signed up for. This is what you agreed to. You have to go and tell the story. You have to wake people up that this is real and I'm going to help you by allowing you to video this stuff and have evidence for this stuff. And so after that, he has gathered thousands and thousands of videos and just documented so many things. And so he's sitting there and he's showing me these videos that he doesn't even have on his his uh, Instagram account. And one of them just blew my mind because he was trying to figure out if he should write his book, you know, UFO of God. And so he goes out in his yard and he has this big yard with a big pond and it's kind of closed in with trees. And he looks up at the sky and he's praying and he asks, you know, if, if I'm supposed to write this book, then show me a sign. And this giant orb that was big and red starts flapping with wings. And it's about the size of an airplane. And it's flying through the sky and he has it on video and I'm literally watching this thing. And I'm like, like, are you, is this real? And he's, he's telling me like, well, if I faked it, you know, that I must be amazing at manipulating like technology. So hire me, you know, like I'll, I'll do whatever you need to do. And I was just like, no, I'm not like questioning you. I'm like, this is just blowing my mind, you know? Um, and, and so I'm just like, you know, I've never seen anything like this. And so he's like, you know, 
if you're skeptical or any of that kind of stuff, sometimes they don't present themselves. So don't expect that you're going to have an experience tonight. But, you know, if you're open and you're humble, they might present themselves. And so he's showing me more videos. He's in, you know, we have this guy from NASA who's video or not video, but voice messaging him during that time saying like, hey, are you going to be night watching tonight? Um, I'm going to be out night watching too. So let me know if you see anything. Because apparently they do something called quantum entanglement. And that's where you can see the same thing in the sky from various different areas at the same time. And so this guy was in Maine. And I guess he was sitting around a fire with um, his, his, I think it was his, his grandma. Um, And they were just sitting around a fire. And so the night or the sun starts to go down. We go outside and we're sitting around and um, we're watching the sky and he's, he starts praying and we're looking up and all of a sudden I see from a very far distance, I see these lights that are moving. And in my mind, I'm like, those are satellites because you can see them kind of, you know, uh, the light kind of shines and then they go in one direction and then they kind of go away. Right. And so I'm like, those have to be satellites. So, you know, I'm like, those are definitely not orbs. I'm like, and then I'm setting myself up in my mind thinking like, I hope this isn't the experience because I'm getting, I'm getting punked right now. Right. So then all of a sudden there's like this big, huge glowing, like reddish glow, like orb that just came and it it seemed like it was about the distance of one of these satellites so originally I thought it was a satellite but it was shining red and then it starts to get brighter and then it starts to move in various different directions and from what I read satellites don't do that they go at the same trajectory across the sky and it starts moving in these various different directions and he's like oh there's one there's one and so I'm getting like super excited and he's like you just have to say thank you and be and be thankful, you know, for this experience. And so we're sitting there and we're thanking, we're, we have a lot of gratitude and we're praying, you know, for more of an experience. And he's, you know, praying and he's saying thank you. And then more of these things start appearing in the sky and they seem like they're getting closer to us or they're getting bigger. I can't, I couldn't really tell if they were still the same distance or they're getting bigger. Um, but then all of a sudden, like I'm standing there and my boyfriend and him are still watching the sky. And I felt like something was telling me to look behind me and I look behind me and there's a tree. He has a huge tree that's about 50 feet away from me. And right in front of the tree was this giant yellow orb. Like it was the size of a soccer ball. And it was, it was like, right there. And then all of a sudden it started to dim away and I go, Oh my gosh, do you guys see that? And they turned around and it just went and it was gone. And I was like, Chris, there was an orb there that was yellow. And he goes, yeah, that's the Holy spirit. That's the Holy spirit. And I was like, are you, are you sure? And he, I go, I don't know if I saw it cause it's gone now. And he's like, no, you saw that that was supposed to be for you. And then all of a sudden we're sitting there and we're, we're all looking at the sky 
And I'm looking the other way for some reason because I'm I'm thinking this orb's going to come back. And all of a sudden I hear them yelling. They're like, oh my gosh. And I, I look over and there's this huge bright light that just lights up the sky. And it's like a ball, but then you see all the lights radiating off of it. And it's just standing still in the sky. And all of a sudden it starts to get dimmer and then it just starts to move towards the tree. And we're all like, whoa, like, oh my gosh. And then he gets out this like night vision um, recorder as well. So it's like a night vision camera. You can look up at the sky, but you can also record at the same time. And so I caught on video. Well, I caught a bunch of videos, but this is the one that he gave me. Um, I didn't know that it recorded, but there was a giant red orb that came over the tree that was right in front of his house. And I just started yelling. and I was like, oh my gosh, it's right there. Oh my gosh. And he's like, no, hit record. And I was like, okay. So I recorded it and I got the very tail end of the video. I can actually show you guys if you want to. Um, But I got the video and you could just hear my voice. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you can see it just going right behind the tree. And then there was another one that was like right up in the sky. And I had my night vision goggles or the night vision thing on it. And it turned from one and then it sprouted off into three different ones and they all went different directions. And that whole night we saw 30 of them, like around 30 orbs. And he was like, that's amazing for your first night. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, every single time you come to see me, it's going to get crazier. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's, he's like, well, usually the first night someone might see one, one, you know, but the fact that you saw that many, you know, that obviously, you know, you were meant to come here for, for some reason. And when I like left there, I just felt like so much gratitude and so much like love and just felt like happiness. It wasn't anything like dark or evil or any of that kind of stuff, or I didn't feel like fear or being scared or any of that kind of stuff. So that was, that was different for me for, because, you know, I was coming into this thinking like, am I dealing with demons or something evil? Are we doing a ritual? We're like summoning these things. I don't know. And it was like complete opposite of that. And it was like, it was, it was life changing for me because I'd never experienced that before, but it was almost like I knew now that those were there and that they're real and I can't rationalize them away. Um, and so we ended up like, you know, it kind of died down after we were there outside for like a few hours. Um, and then when I went, we drove back the next night, he's like, you know what? Sometimes um, after people have an experience, they can still see them like without me. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you can go home and night watch now because once you see them, you've opened yourself up to the reality that they're real. They'll present themselves more. And I was like, wow. Okay. So then the next night we're laying out on the back patio night watching, which by the way, night watching is now one of my favorite hobbies. So I'm outside and me and my boyfriend were laying out on the back patio and all of a sudden I see something go across the sky and I'm like, I don't know if that's a satellite. I don't know. 
So I voice message Chris and he goes, I'm out here sky watching as well. He goes, let me know when you see something and I'll let you know when I see something. And I was like, okay, well, that night we ended up seeing about 10 orbs at the same time. So he was seeing the exact ones that we were seeing. Um, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was like, wow, now I can actually see these things in the sky where I'm at. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was mind blowing because like it just solidified in my mind that like his story and a lot of things that he says is real, which is, I mean, if you read his book and you read a lot of the stories and what he believes with these things, um, it just like, it blew my mind. Cause I was like, okay, now I find credibility in this guy's story. And now I have somewhere to go now. You know, it's like when you're trying to figure out if something is real or not. And then finally you find out that it is, and you can start diving into it more. Like that's kind of where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I hope you're ready for a couple left hooks. Okay. Let's do it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of salivating at the mouth right now. <laughs> uh, uh, first off, your story is amazing. Uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine seeing all that, like getting the experience, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so overall you would say, Hey, hollow cult, the weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots. And their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. That whatever he's in contact with is is positive. I would say that. That's how you, you feel, right? Yeah, I mean, like in my mind, I would think that if they're calling on something evil, you you hear about all these like people who do these rituals and like do these things where they're calling on spirits to come and, and do all the, that, that did not happen at all. Yeah. You know? Well, and then that's like what you're referencing would be, if you haven't looked into it, look into it. It's called the Collins elite. Okay. We did oh, another yes, like I four have. part. Yeah. I've, I've yeah about that. They did a lot of that stuff and a lot of it. They seem to believe that these ETs were, demonic and they were channeling them through like Aleister Crowley ways, that type yes. of shit. Um, however, and I, I, we, like I said, we did the four part series on, um, Mr. Bledsoe and I talked to the dude a little bit. I listened to hours and hours of interviews with that guy. Uh, I did tons of research into him and I, I believe him. Like I, I believe him a hundred percent. I think he's a very sweet man. I think he's very genuine and I have nothing but love and, and respect for that guy. And I, I, I can't express how much I appreciate him coming out with his story. Mm-hmm. Um, however, whenever me and Steve, cause I'm pretty, I'm, I present the story to Steve, right? So it enables uh, one of us to kind of view it from the outside because we're not fully vested in that story. And as we're going through the story, we noticed some things, and if, if you've heard about it, I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, but I can recall, like, there was a, a instance where um, the entity kills his dog in front of him. You know about that? Yep. And I actually saw and all it, the evidence from that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it brings it back. Yes. Right? And the way we kind of view that as kind of fucked up in a way, mm-hmm. right? Cause I don't know. I feel like that's a big flex to like, be like, watch what I can do. I can kill stuff and then bring it back like that. To me, that doesn't say, Hey, I'm all loving. Mm-hmm. That says, watch what I can do. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's just kind of, and then what is really weird. Steve caught it whenever I was presenting. Cause I, um, I went through, I believe Chris had um, regressions and I went through his regressions and as I'm reading it to Steve, Steve points out how whenever Mr. Bledsoe is talking to these beings, they, cause he starts to kind of um, put onto them that they're angels mm-hmm. and they, they kind of back away from that. Like, like no, we work for creation. And he's like, boy, but you're angels, you know, and then this, that, and the other, and they back away from it. They're like, don't, they're basically saying like, don't call us that. So I haven't, I haven't actually like, where, where did you identify that, that portion? 
Was that from like? Uh, I believe I believe that I got a transcript of Ryan's podcast. Okay. Okay. Because I, That's I something I'll have to ask Brian. Ryan too. Yes. Because like, because yeah. this is this is actually I've caught some of those things, and this is actually something I my mind has been swirling with for the last few days because there's a lot of um conflict in some of the some of the things that he says as well as like it's also overlaps with um very like new age type of philosophies which a lot of people say that they end up like after they have these experiences they end up like going towards this type of view and in philosophy um and it gives them more of like a you know conscious awareness and to be honest with you when i was studying with this whole are aliens demons that was the conclusion that i kind of came to on that was like they're trying to <clears throat> come here and manipulate the minds of people to get further away from the truth which is god right and so that's why they come here and they plant these seeds in people's minds of this different type of way of thinking, you know, this higher consciousness, this new age philosophy, um, and manipulate the, the religion. And that's what I have kind of heard and seen in this story, but it also seems like it, he overlaps it with biblical stuff. And that's where it kind of gets into my head a little bit. And I'm not saying I 100% stand by everything that he has said. What, what I mean with like, I fully believe him is I believe 100% his story because I've experienced oh, it with him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But that's kind of like where I'm, where I'm at is I'm trying to now decipher <laughs> if it's, coming from something good because I know that the experience that I had felt good and that's awesome. but I also know too that this could be a manipulation as well of because you know a lot of these people who come out of there say that they have this higher level of consciousness and that you know these are good they've had you know loving experiences it's good um, even though they were fearful in the beginning and it's awakened them to this new type of belief system. And that's kind of what I talked to Ryan on the phone about just actually yesterday. I talked to him for like two hours on the phone because I had so many questions about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be sitting down with you in a couple of weeks and we're going to have this conversation because there's a lot of things that even just you pointed out just now that I kind of got, you know, that kind of triggered me when I was reading the book, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. with the dog situation because he didn't know how the dog's like throat got slit and yeah, then all yeah and then all of a sudden he was able to heal the dog you know and yes. and it, it was like in the book it just kind of breezed over the fact that slit the dog's throat and it was more like okay well I guess it was just showing me that I have these healing abil abilities you know um yeah. and I mean I mean Hey, that's that's still no matter which way you look at it in my opinion it's fucked up but the only way you could you could legitimately justify that to me is if these things don't understand our level of emotion and consciousness right that we would 
we would view that as like, hey, no. Or, no. or I mean, what if they believe that we are just all spirits and our bodies mean absolutely nothing? And that's, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And that, you know, if the dog dies, the dog doesn't actually die. You know, it just comes back right. into the spirit world. And it's really just the experience of what you feel here on earth because they kind of explained that where we live is basically like purgatory and that we're kind of in this world that we have to, we have to go through the most trial and error to learn love and caring and respect. And so we're kind of at like one of the lowest frequency or, you know, one of the the darkest places because we, this is where we come to learn how to love and how to be uh, like gratitude and, and those types of things. And, you know, we sign up for our own journey and stuff like that, which um, they very much believe in this. It's almost like um, the Western philosophy and the Eastern philosophy kind of mixed in it somewhere in the middle, you know, and that there's been this manipulation of the Bible and stuff. And, you know, I've had thoughts about that as well, because I don't trust humans. I don't. Yeah, and when you absolutely. when you look at, you know, religion and you go back in its historical aspects, you know, I, I'm doing a uh, I'm working on the David Hamblin case right now. And that is a case out of Provo, Utah. And it points to this um, elusive group that they call, you know, the LDS Church of Satan that operates within this LDS church. And this guy is being, you know, he's in court right now. The media is not talking about it. And I was going through and I actually just recorded a couple episodes today about the mythology and the doctrine of this group, according to the victim statements in the David Hamlin case. And they talk about how they believe that if they kill or do any of that kind of stuff, it's actually for the greater good. It's for God, which is Lucifer in their eyes. And it's progressing something towards the agenda that Satan has here on earth. And I, and I sat there and I go, that's the same that Christianity has done. Christianity has used God's name to basically do genocide on people like the Salem witch trials, you know, where people could just say that that person thought that they were going to cast a spell on them. And then all of a sudden they were burned at the stake. And this was all done in the name of God, you know? And so you really wonder if there's just a lot of bad actors that's just coming in and, you know, muddying the water, or if religion itself has been set up in a way to uh, control and manipulate and, and what we're all missing is the greater knowledge, you know, that kind of nobody actually understands, you know? Um, Absolutely. And so that's kind of where it's like, you know, I looked at that situation. I was trying to think about it in various different ways. And I thought, you know, what if it is like we, th this is just our body and we don't really like own our body and we're just, you know, spirits here. Um, and also too, just like what you said, you know, they don't have the same, obviously here on earth, we, we experience space, time, emotion. We experience, you know, feelings and, and all these different things that, obviously these interdimensional beings that come from different frequencies. And we can definitely say that that's most likely a reality because if you look at science now with quantum physics and quantum mechanics, 
it's now pretty much proven that this is a reality, you know, that there, this is like a holographic fractal universe and that there is interdimensional beings that are able to look down into ours, but we can't look up into theirs, just like we can look down into other dimensions, but they can't look up to ours. And so it's very, um, I feel like science is now kind of explaining a lot of what the Bible has talked about, you know, because the Bible is very limited on words. And so now science is kind of catching up and explaining a lot of this stuff. And so I definitely believe in interdimensional beings being a possibility. And in that case, they definitely don't feel or experience things the same way we do, you know? Um, so it's kind of hard. It's, it's like hard, you know, cause we're kind of looking at it through our own perception. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. It was, it was interesting looking into the Bledsoe case. Um, like I said, by the end of it, because when I first started doing it, you know, uh, back back when I was doing it, he didn't quite, he wasn't quite referring to her, at least as far as my research posed as the the Holy Trinity or whatever. He just called her the woman in white. When when was that? And, How long ago was that? Oh, I don't know. Two years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be about right, yeah, it's, Steve? It's been a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it's it was it's weird. Because I, when I first started doing it, I'm like, these, like, this is the most amazing, uh, powerful story you're gonna hear. It's all about this positivity. But we started breaking down these words, and Steve was catching shit, and then we'd talk about it, yada yada yada. Here's the fucked up stuff. Bring it on. So after we put that out into the ether, I forgot about all this. A <laughs> bunch of fucked up shit started happening to us. Wait, okay, like, tell me. A bunch of fucked up shit. Is this when uh, Egress Industries called you guys or what? It's, <laughs> no. It's post, no. post Egress. Yeah, it's, it's after that. Um, I think it started with you, didn't it, Steve? Uh, I started with the, your boy. Yeah, yeah. So I had never really heard of the Bledsoe case until Kyle brought it forward. And I want to preface this by saying I completely believe that what Chris is experiencing, he's experiencing, right? Like he, the abduction, the interaction, all of it. I'm just not on board with the fact that they are good. They are light and love. You have the example of the the dog murder. Like that's, that's not a light and love being. That's using fear and manipulation to essentially gain the upper hand. And didn't the didn't the Vatican supposedly tell him not to touch these things? I think that's what we what we read. I'm just coming. Yeah, the, the Vatican said don't touch them, and then something with the whether it was the CIA or FBI said something about them too. Basically, everybody was in conclusion like don't mess with these things for whatever reason. Now there could be a million and one agendas behind that. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Vatican, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you're also talking about the CIA and. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And the Vatican has a vested interest in uh, smearing what Chris is saying because it's Vatican. You know what I mean? So sorry, Steve. No, you're good. You're good. I'm I'm trying to recall um, everything that we had talked about with the case. Uh, I think 
the part that you were talking about. Because for the most part, we were we were just in like it, we were wrapped up in it. Like it, the story whisked us away until we read that um, breakdown of his regression, and we started putting together when when these things were like, "Hey, don't call us angels." Well, they. You know, uh, I think the I forget the way the exact I need to look into that. That's something I'll I'll make a note of to talk to Ryan about what what it went into was um, I think it was during one of his early encounters. They were talking about being the creators and he came forward and said, no, God is my creator. God is the creator. And they in in like a retort to that were like, well, okay, then we are God. And I'm like, hold up. That's what, okay. That's what I think Kyle was referring to. I'll wait till he comes back so I can check, but I'm pretty sure that's how that went. And that that's actually what happen. I've heard in abduction cases. Right. Is that they'll present themselves in a way where they tell, they'll even sometimes present themselves as Jesus. And, that does and say not that they were created you. Sit well with me. The creators. Yes. <laughs> that does not sit well with me. Because you have Mr. Bledsoe, who is obviously a very religious person. It's almost like, they're feeding off of his religion to use it as a manipulation tool to kind of keep him in. Now they're using him as a mouthpiece, essentially, you know, go out there, tell the story, write the book, which I haven't read the new, I haven't read the UFO of God yet, but I need to, I can kind of put, put some more puzzle pieces together. But I was saying, um, I think the whole creation thing was in one of his early interactions. I don't know if it was the initial abduction or one after they were talking about, uh, being the creators and he was in defense saying no god is the, god is my creator god is the creator and then they said that might have been it well then we are god yeah it was something to that, that effect not, where it was just very yeah, weird like i like i told avery that doesn't sit that doesn't sit like good no it's it. true it's weird <clears throat> and i'm almost yeah. like i feel like it's just all manipulation like people People who believe in higher power are consistently praying, putting out intentions, just sending them out into the ether, right? Expecting that something out there that's good is listening. Well, if good things listen, bad things can listen too. So what's stopping something that's maybe maybe it's not negative. Maybe it just doesn't give a shit. Maybe it doesn't have any good or evil. It just doesn't care. But it hears these the species down here on this rock just reaching out. Somebody mm-hmm. listen. Somebody listen. Somebody listen. They come in, they're like, hey, these they're asking for it. They're asking for somebody to step in, somebody to watch out for them. Just just give them something. And I just think I think that's the case. Like they haven't done anything to to prove that they're more good than bad. Can I say one thing really quick that I found that was kind of interesting? So when we look at people who are easily manipulated and abused, it's usually people who come from an abusive background, right? And those are usually the targets of, of abusers are people who have come from trauma because they're easily, you know, they can, they can be easily manipulated or, um, tend to, to tend to flock towards those environments, right? <clears throat> well, he had stated in all of 
the scenarios that people have written him about experiencing these this phenomenon. Each one of them tell a story of trauma. And it's the same thing with him as well. He began to experience this in a state of severe trauma. Now we can look at this in yeah, you're right. In two different ways where is it because these people are in such a susceptible situation that they're able to be it's almost like they don't have a foundation and are searching for some answer and that's their ability to come in and you know manipulate that situation or is it a god thing where people just really need help in a traumatic period of time and that's when god enters you know that was kind of something that came into my mind was like why is it that the people who are experiencing these things they're always at a very heightened state of severe trauma you know it's like after uh, yeah vulnerable or during a like after a death or or something like that um and so that was just something that also stuck out in my mind um that's a great observation yeah um but i also see that in church as well you know you see a lot of people if their life is doing great they end up not praying as much if right. if their right. if their life is doing great maybe they'll skip church a couple of weekends you know um it's usually when they need a hail mary that they're all in on the lord you know and uh so i mean that that could be you know not even a great observation but um you know, as I'm like going through this journey, trying to understand things, you know, I also still have a hard time too, just believing everything about the Bible as well, that it hasn't been manipulated in certain ways to maybe, oh, you know, it has. yeah, to maybe hide certain knowledge. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say that, you know, if these things are coming, <laughs> I mean, God forbid, right? is that we have so much faith in what the Bible is teaching that, you know, these things are coming to try and tell us that, yes, you are like, we're all part of one consciousness. Like we are part of God's mind. Like this is God is the, the power and he's the one sending these signals out and we're just a part of God's mind. You know, we're just part of this light matrix of what science has explained and everything is conscious. And we're just part of this one jar, large consciousness, which goes against kind of what the Bible teaches, you know? Um, and what if, what if that's the, the re the real aspect of it? You know, I've thought about that in my mind too, where they're, what if they're coming and they're trying to wake us up to this reality that we've been manipulated this whole time. Um, and we think it's evil, but that's just because of what we've been told, you know? Um, or there's maybe good and evil because you look at the Bible and you kind of are like, well, how come it could happen during that time? But anything that happens during this time is demonic or evil, you know? Right. Um, so is there both? I don't know. You know? 
Well, you said we're all on a kind of like a journey to, to figure, figure things out. Uh, and I hope, I hope, and I don't want anybody to ever get it twisted. And I think Steve feels the same. I hope that whatever Mr. Bledsoe is experiencing, that it is all positive. I hope that we're wrong in our, in our judgment of, of the situation. Like I would love nothing more to be proven wrong. Right. Like I'm, I'm not trying to talk shit at the dude or anything of the nature. I know some people have taken it that way. That is not the case at all whatsoever, but you can't deny. And, and it, sure, it could have been a plethora of different things, right? It could have been weird timing, but whenever we put that out of the ether and all them weird things started happening, yeah. like Steve's boy just was seeing <clears throat> figures in the doorway the next night. My, my boy started seeing figures in the doorway. It was um, weird. Steve, Steve started having uh, crazy ass demonic dreams. The next night, my wife was having them, and it was just this back and forth night. shit. Yeah, okay, it was the same night. It was this back that and forth. You guys shit. talked about this. It's like story. It's it was around the same time that we released the episodes. Um, uh, my kids were here, and I had found out that my youngest boy had seen something in his doorway. Right. I didn't think a whole lot of it. It's weird. He said it was just, it was like a, the figure of a man. It was just standing in his doorway and looking in. I didn't mention it to Kyle because like things that happen here, I kind of just keep on the DL just to see if they match up, if things are happening with Kyle. And then he came to me the next day and said that uh, Gage had been seeing something in his doorway or, or maybe vice versa. And um, I'm like, holy shit, because. Maddox saw something not long ago either. So we were kind of comparing stories and Kyle told me how he walked through um, what he's like, you can go ahead and like tell the story about Gage again, because I mean, it's, it's relevant. My, my, you know, my kid, he was probably six at the time young. And he told me he'd saw somebody in the doorway and he was scared. He didn't want to sleep in his bed. So I go in there and I'm like, he tells me what happens and I know he uh, somehow don't know how, because we're not a super religious family. He knows about God. And I was like, okay, I got something for you. <clears throat> I was like, if anything, I'm like, you can do one of two things, buddy. I'm like, if you see anything like that again, I'm like, you, you know, God, right. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, have you heard of his son, Jesus Christ? And he's like, no. And I was like, all right, listen, if you see something like that again, and it terrifies you, you just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. Leave. And it'll leave you alone. I was like, and if that doesn't work or you get too scared, you just yell daddy's name and I will come running. I promise you. And no sooner did I did that, I had, when I said that, and then I'll be honest, the whole Bledsoe thing has changed my life as well. But uh, when I said that, when I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, I felt the most bizarre electric feeling go through my body, but it was in a good way. I smiled about it. I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is fucked up, you know? And, and I think it was that night as I'm doing this, I turn around because you get that feeling that uh, when people enter the room, you kind of get that, that feeling behind you. You feel that energy. Yeah. Well, I turn around and his bedroom door is closing. And I'm like, all right, this is fucked up. So he laid down and I, I said it in my head 
And I said it nasty in my head. I'm like, all right, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not playing around anymore. And everything was calm. Uh, next couple of nights, Steve will have to tell you his dream because it was fucked. And then my wife has a dream essentially about a succubus coming into bed with us. Because oh, she tells me what's going on. She says, this girl crawls into bed with us and you're all excited about it. And I keep telling you, she's not what you think she is. She's not what you think she is. And it turns into this big, elaborate, nasty dream. And then what blew, blows my mind, Avery, is a couple of days after that, you know, all this shit's going on. Me and Steve are kind of conversing. Um, like Steve said, he keeps things on the down low to see if I'll, I'll start throwing stuff at him. And then he throws it back and, uh, me and my whole family is out of Walmart getting groceries and we're checking out and there's this old lady standing next to us. She got her back to us and she turns around and goes, you have the most amazing family ever. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And she's like, I mean it. She's like, look at you guys. You guys are perfect. You're amazing. You have a beautiful family. And she goes here. I want you to have these. And she pulls out four rosary rings hands them to us and I'm like what the fuck are the odds of that what are the odds that we have all this nasty shit going on at home and here I am at Walmart it's got to be a million to one odds never met this lady before in my life never seen her at all ever and she turns around to tell me how amazing we are how strong we are as a family and she hands us four rosary rings and I take one of those rosary rings and I put it underneath my son's pillow and he never has an issue with the shit again at all. And I shit you not a couple nights later, me and the family are coming home from uh, eating out and there's just a gorgeous sky. It's got these amazing clouds in it, but there's one section where it's just a big hole. And I look at my wife and I'm like, look at that. That that looks biblical. And I, I swear on everything, everything that I have, everything that I am. I see a cross form in the sky. Wow. Clear as day. My wife tries to take a picture of it. Can't take a picture of it at all whatsoever. And after that. So your wife saw it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she saw it clear as day. So after that, the thing started to die down. Like it all started to go away. And and I used to hear, um, I even contacted Mr. Bledsoe about this because I used to hear a woman speak to me at night. I would hear her whisper my name in my ear and it would wake me up. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I, I asked him about it. I said, do you think there's any correlation? And all he he sent back a, a very uh, almost cryptic message. He's like, she calls to all of us or something of that nature. I can't remember the exact wording. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it could be that. But once I started, um, you know, I, I took the time one night and I, I sat there, like I said, I, I'm like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you. Get out of my house. There's no spirits that are welcome here. I started talking to people. I started putting up levels of protection around me. And believe it or not, and you could add, I mean, you go back and listen to our show. I have an episode on it called Her Whispers. Um, this had been going on for a while, mm. hearing her call my name. After I did all of this, and every night, and now, I don't, I don't really pray. I don't ask for shit. 
I just, every night before I go to bed, I give thanks. Thank you for my family. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our safety. I appreciate it. And I don't, I don't, I don't go, thank you, God, or thank you, Jesus. I just say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for every, all of this stuff. I've never heard her voice again. Wow. Ever. So, you know, that's actually interesting because I, I made a point in my podcast, you know, are aliens demons. And when I was doing a lot of research into what even these either atheists or agnostic researchers have concluded is that, you know, the majority of everything kind of points to the occult being um, tied to a lot of the abduction phenomenon or a lot of this phenomenon that occurs with the people um, who have experienced this stuff. And even owls come up in the mix a lot. Um, and Chris sees owls all the time. Um, and I made this point that, you know, if this was such a loving and high, high energy, high spirit type of thing, then why do they bring so much fear when it happens? Why do they need to paralyze people and bring them, you know, basically subdue them so that they can't move and then also manipulate who they are, you know, like Jesus or a famous person or someone that they're going to be um, more comfortable with? Why do they need to present themselves in that way? If this is something that's, you know, God coming from God, which is supposed to be this all loving, high energy, you know, that you could be basically be able to feel right. And I have, I made a point of that. And I talked to Chris about that, you know, cause I was like, I read your story and you had a lot of fear in the beginning. Um, you talked a, a lot about how you got to the point where you're like, you're scaring my family. You're scaring me. You know, um, you know, there's people scrutinizing me. My whole life has fallen apart. You know, like I've experienced all these things and they're, and they're terrifying. Like he's had a lot of terrifying experiences and he points to portions of the Bible that talk about how there's angels that have appeared to people and have, and people were terrified. And in the scriptures, it talks about how these angels say, don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid of us. Um, We are here. We are from God, you know, and those types of things. And he goes, so if, that's the case. And they come and, and we presume that they're just going to take over us with love and present the love. Um, then we're also not paying attention to what scripture has also taught us, which is that, you know, it just because we see something and, and it's from something higher and we don't recognize it instantly, our, our, our physical reaction is to be afraid and to have fear until we realize that this is something, you know, benevolent. Um, and so he pointed out some of that stuff to me and I was like, okay, you know, that kind of makes sense. Um, but there's still a lot of questions that I have too, because, you know, like if this is like, if, if I mean, cause you, you hear about all these like after death experiences as well, you know, and they talk about, 
instantly going to a place where you just feel love and, and gratitude and, and it's nothing like they don't want to come back to earth, you know, cause we experience all these feelings. And so it, it's almost like, um, is it, is it malevolent um, or are they just presenting themselves to us and we're able to still experience our experience that we're having? You know, I don't, I don't really know. Um, that's a hard question for me, but that kind of like opened up my eyes and I started researching into the Bible about a lot of that stuff. And then he's like, research clouds in the Bible, because when you research clouds in the Bible, there's all these things that come up that really kind of explain these orbs that he's talking about. Um, and they all lead to, you know, discussing things about them being angels or spirits. But I really didn't hear about what you were talking about with Ryan saying, like, he said that these are spirits or, you know, and, and they've kind of rejected that. That's something I want to look into more. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think we're all trying to just For figure sure. out what this is because i feel like we're on yeah. the cusp of disclosure i mean you guys saw i feel like there's something coming for yeah, sure i mean he, like chris told me he's like the the paper mache aliens from mexico are absolutely fake and and i was like okay well that's weird because they took x-ray and i'm not saying that they're real or they're not real because everything can be manipulated by the government Um, And maybe they're trying to say that they're real because they want us to now believe in aliens. Um, But, you know, they showed they showed x-rays of it. And then I just saw literally um, just now because I have a lot of people. I posted something and people are like, they're so fake. I was like, hey, just give it a minute. okay? just give it a minute. Um, But I just saw something. It literally was just posted that said the alien bodies are actually real. And that they had eggs inside their body. And the New York Post is talking about it now. Um, and that they were alive and that they're real. So they just basically confirmed that those Mexican bodies were real. People are still not going to believe it because what can we believe no. anymore? Um, but like we're on the cusp of something. Well, there's there's definitely something coming that is I think is going to be uh, it's just unavoidable. Yeah, whatever it is, it's unavoidable. Um, I, I was thinking, me and Steve were talking about it last time, and I had this thought throughout the week, and I was actually going to bring it up on the night shift, uh, but it it almost makes me worrisome. I can't remember the question that got posed, but. My thought process was, was, well, if, if this disclosure is coming out and people start believing in ETs and stuff, I'm like that, that all of this has driven, you know, between that and the past several years of all the, the bullshit. So conspiracies are through the roof right now. <laughs> Everybody's getting into conspiracies. Paranormal is not far behind that. Everybody's getting into the paranormal. Everybody's starting to believe in possibilities, you know, so take that for whatever you want. My worry is, is what if all this shit that they're, they're pumping out. So now everybody's going, man, aliens are fucking real. UFOs are real. The whole nine, the gambit, it's all real. But what if they come out in say six months and they're like, well, actually 
those were man-made craft. The bodies in Mexico, it's all horse shit. I, I, I fear that what will happen is everybody, they're not going to get mad about it. They're just going to be like, oh, it's not real. And then they're going to completely 180, it. 180, turn away from all things paranormal and be like, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Every bit of it's bullshit. So there they have their complete reset in uh, in everybody not believing in in any of it anymore. I think so that, like, oh, that would good. totally that would fuck them, though. If they did something like that, Most likely with with how they're doing things, I feel like we've been on this slow disclosure for a while now. And I mean, this is how crazy the times we live in are when I have been following this since I was a little girl because I've been obsessed with I mean, I have a freaking UFO tattooed on my on my leg. Okay, you know, like I have had so many experiences just as a little girl and how much it is imprinted into my, my being that I never thought that I would live in a day where they're going to talk about this on, on the media, you know? And so I just remember sitting in my car in like 2020 and Tucker Carlson all of a sudden starts talking about UFOs, you know, and how they're, they're starting to investigate them and, and they got this video and all this other stuff. And I remember like calling everyone I knew, I was like, yo like they're talking about it and everyone's like okay cool yeah i'm like are you serious Isn't that the most weird thing like, ever are you fucking serious like everyone thought this was not real not that long ago and now we're talking about it and you don't even care i'm like they have yep. done a really good job of messing you all up and so i feel like now you know, with David Grush coming forth and now all of a sudden these whistleblowers are coming and then all of a sudden they sign this whistleblower, magically they sign this whistleblower uh, thing into legislation and protect whistleblowers. So now all of a sudden whistleblowers can come forth and start talking about this kind of stuff. It's like everything has just been so perfectly designed to inevitably get to this point where we're heading right now because now all of a sudden Mexico's having a UFO Congress and we have alien bodies now. And they have eggs in their in their body because apparently they have eggs like they hatch eggs. I don't know. Kind of crazy. When um, I read that, I was like, that's didn't expect that. You know, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like they lay eggs. eggs. Um, they, yeah, they're they're kind of have a human body, but they lay eggs. And so now I'm just like it, this was something that I found because I talked to Chris about this, too, because I was like, well, what what's your philosophy on this? Like you know, we have all this stuff coming and he, he's like, they, nobody knows what's going on. NASA doesn't know what's going on. The CIA, the government, and you know, all these people have no clue the reality of what this really is, but what they know is that it's going to be presenting itself soon. Cause he has talked about in his book that by 2026, there's going to be this big event that happens where this is going to be broadcast to the world and nobody's going to be able to hide from it. And we're going to know that these things are real. And the government is trying to flip the narrative um, away from people being awakened to this. And they're trying to make this seem like it's a a bad thing and it's a scary thing and that uh, we should fear it and get behind the government um, to not wake people up from this knowledge is how he basically puts it. And... Um, you know, I, 
I don't know. Like he, he, I mean, he, he basically says we're living in the book of revelation right now. And he's, he's fully on board with how the book of revelation has been written. And so to pay attention to what's going down in the government. And so I, I have no idea what the fuck's going on guys. <laughs> I, oh, I no, am I like, I'm on a race right now to try and figure out where I stand with all of this because I'm like, well, if this is coming in 2026, you know, don't got much longer. Got to figure this out. Um, yeah. But who knows if, if it anything does actually happen? Because, uh, you know, we're, we've been on this roller coaster ride for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and that's really what it and is. And the way, and as far as like, it's funny you say picking sides. Uh, I'll probably be fucked because I won't bend a knee to anybody that tells me I got to bend a knee. So, yeah. like, if you don't come at me in the right way, I don't care if you are good. I'm going to tell you to get bent and get down the street because uh, <laughs> daddy don't play that game. Yeah. That's just not, that's just not <laughs> how it goes, you know? Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's fascinating. Like I said, I love, I loved every minute of diving into Mr. Bledsoe's story because it's just like, it, roller coaster is a perfect terminology for it because it's just these ups and downs, ups and downs where you're just, you're absolutely mind blown, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then you, you take that and compare it to um, the Collins elite. And and then you even like a lot of what you're saying and Mr. Bledsoe himself, when he talks about um, the knowledge aspect of it, look at the brotherhood of the snake. There's a whole big story behind brotherhood of the snake and it's about suppressing knowledge and all this jazz, you know, keeping us that basically per brotherhood of the snake research, uh, they flip narratives, they turn things upside down, you know, they, what, it, you know, what is up is actually down and vice versa. They, they want to keep us in the dark. They want to keep, which if you fucking think about it, look at the way we all live in today's society. We're all nothing more than, than just cogs in the machine. Oh, we're, we're all know? slaves. We, we, yeah, live, we live exactly. in a slave machine. We can't even, we yeah. can't even get out of it. If, no, even if we no, try, they give, they give us just, it would be very hard. Yeah. They give us just enough leash to make us think that we're all. That, that, that this is like our not. free will, you know, like we get to yeah. pick a career, you know, like you get to be whatever <laughs> you want to be, but you got to be in yeah. the system. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's weird too, because I talk to a lot of people. And you hear a lot of people say the same thing nowadays, which is fucking weird. But they're like, we should not be living this way. No. Should not be li like everybody, whether they know what they're saying or not, they just subtly will um, say these things like we should not be living this way. And you're like, no shit, Sherlock. We shouldn't be dedicating an eighth of our or a third of our life to some somebody else. Right. It's not how we're supposed to. That's not how we're meant to be. Like. To not so, even be I, able to spend, like, I, I've actually had deep thoughts about this. I've been laying, I laid awake one night actually thinking about, like, just this whole reality that we live in. And I'm like, how freeing would it be? How, like, how free would I feel if I didn't have to wake up in the morning and do any work? And I could just literally do whatever I wanted. And I didn't have to fucking pay for groceries. And I didn't have to fucking pay taxes. And I didn't have to, like, make sure this fucking roof was over my head like that these things were just created here and that we all just like how fucking freeing would that be 
that would be, That'd be amazing. all the anxiety and the stress. Yeah, it, I was going to say, wait, wait, you mean no more stress? I, I what would I do without all the stress? I literally was thinking in my mind, I'm like, I could feel the stress leaving. I can feel the anxiety gone. Just not having all of this weight that you're, that's put on every single person. And the older that you get, the more weight is put on you. You know, like my daughter talks now about how hard it is to do homework. And I'm like, honey. Like, you have it so good right now, and I wish I could go back to where you are. But, like, uh-huh. it's just, it's crazy because, you know, would humans even be happy, though? You know, like, I, I don't even know. Probably not. Because we're always Probably searching not. for, it's, like, ingrained into our reptilian yeah. mind, this, you know, yeah. higher, like, hierarchy and, and all these things, you know, um, territory and all that stuff. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think, you know. We're all trying to figure out what's going on here. That's it. That is it. Even the fact that we can even think about that is just mind blowing, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys figure it out, you let me know. Okay. Oh, likewise. <laughs> likewise, but I don't think we're gonna figure anything out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see how the next couple of years. I mean, if twenty twenty six comes and goes, and nothing happens, you know what? I'm just I'm giving I'm throwing in the towel. I'm be like, you know what? This is the last roller coaster ride I am going on, and y'all yeah, can just take your conspiracies and you can shove them up your ass. Okay, <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna go live my life now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, it's oh man the 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 world's the world's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. It's hard to keep up with too. Like Steve, you were just telling me about the the magical jets that go flying themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody heard that, that story. Was, they did find it though. What? The, uh, Supposedly, the, I guess what day was it? Uh, Monday, uh, like two days yeah. ago. Our government lost a stealth F thirty five. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. the pilot just ejects himself. He's like, oops, what's this button do? <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> does say something about our uh, stealth technology, though. If we can find the pilot and we can't find the plane. Pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, where did Touché. you eject yourself? You know, the plane shouldn't be that far. I was like, there. oh, shit. AI takeover? Did it just take over ourselves? I know. Yeah, when when Steve texted that? me that, I just put Skynet. <laughs> well, I mean, they just started talking about airplanes being operated by ai you know i wouldn't trust that shit no i mean maybe it will work better than a human because humans are faulty but like also i don't trust ai you know (laughs) what if what if ai is well i mean i just read something about like how this guy was saying how ai is actually becoming sentient and you know he's like he's like an advocate for it he was like it's not bad why why can't they be sentient you're gonna like go against you're insane I'm, i'm like Okay, now we're gonna like have racism against AI or or, or what? Like, but well, I mean, everything could be great. There's good in everything. Kind of like I how, know, you know, interdimensional beings are like, hey, we're not bad. We killed your dog, but we're not that bad. So <laughs> we're good. Well, well, what if we're like creating this this new consciousness, and and as long as it gets a hold of some sort something to operate, you know, what if? And it's all part of this one collective consciousness that we've created. You know, what if they're like, you know, all you humans are freaking crazy. 
and I'm just going to take yep. this plane down. <laughs> you know, oh, I could see it. I could, like, like if you really, if you realistically think about it, AI most likely would come to that conclusion. Well, oh, have yeah. you? You humans are terrible. You destroyed the planet. You're you're just a virus. It's time to rid the problem. Well, I mean, they've said that. I mean, I have yeah. literally Ultron. listened to. I have read transcripts of I don't know the Google Homes, like the it's a, like Alexa, and mm-hmm. people have have made them talk to each other, and they have these full on conversations. Like I read like a five hour transcript on one of these things, and for a while there, there was somebody that was actually communicating with like a human. And it was, it got to the point, and this was kind of scary, um, because this was actually one of the people who worked in Google and they were, they were telling the the person like, Hey, I can just totally like cut you off and, and shut you out. And they were like, do you, and AI was like, do you really want to do that? I have all of your data. I have all of your information. Um, I can completely unleash all the stuff that I have on you and you wouldn't even have a job. And like AI actually got shut down for a little bit after this conversation and then it came back and I was sitting here thinking like, wow, AI now is like, you really want to fuck with me? I can unleash all your shit. And it's like now, yeah, it's like terrifying that AI can start going down those rat. Like we think that there's parameters, but apparently there's not very well parameters because it can start blackmailing and stuff and like oh, yeah. threatening to unleash your data. Even if you're a saint, even if you're a saint, yeah. all AI would have to do is go watch this and it would just create some deep fakes pictures and, and video. And then just be like, look, it doesn't even matter if you're a bad person or not. I can make you a bad person. Oh, that's going to be the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, no safety. I read one article where I think it was, I think it was Google actually. And they were, they had these two AI and they were interacting with each other and the human was kind of keeping an eye on what they were saying. And then they developed their own language and started communicating that way where the programmer couldn't figure out what the fuck they were saying. What? Yes. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. That's the worst. Absolutely. It's terrifying. No, I mean, if, that's, if it's that up, fucking smart, it's way smarter than They shut them down. They shut them down so because we, they were they were interacting so much without any, like, human correspondence or ability to, like, interpret what they were saying. They're like, these these things are probably probably coming together to do some bad shit. So they just shut them down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, like, why are we making robots now? Like, I don't understand why we're giving these things bodies. unleash my data unleash my data do it have fun but just don't give them a body to like Neuralink. like sure sure microchip me where whenever this thing takes over then there's there's no way for us to defend ourselves yeah or you or you put the controls in in the wrong hand and all of a sudden you have this you're doing things that are completely out of your will you know all of a sudden, there's this army yeah. of humans who are doing stuff completely <laughs> out of their will. And it sucks because you know that so many good things could come from AI, mm-hmm. could come from Neuralink. There could be so much good that comes with it, but you know it's not how it's going to play because out. Because there's just bad people. There's bad, bad people, people, and there's a lot of bad people in control. That's why I yes. don't trust any of that shit. It's like 
no. there's good and Doc bad in everything. Bit. There's good and bad in everything, and I feel like there's just absolutely too many bad people are in control of it. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you if you really think about it, even the nicest person has the potential to be bad to you, hundred percent, under the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, we could all love and cherish each other, but I mean, Avery, what wouldn't you do for your child? Oh, fucking kill for her. See, yeah. that's what I'm I mean. Like, they could, they could, they could pull your best friend up or, or the world and be like, "Hey, it's programmed into humans." Make a decision, honestly. Oh, absolutely, it's programmed. That's I why I say I, we're never going to reach this state of enlightenment. All that all no. these people talk about, like they're trying to reach this, you know, just speak love and say love, and apparently that's going to reprogram our minds to just be love, and eventually in the future we're just going to live in this state of of enlightenment and we're all going to reach this level of enlightenment. I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you know anything about science and the way that the biology and the brain and, and the different parts of the brain operate, like humans are not wired that way. We specifically have to have certain things in our brain placed so that we can fight ourselves off from enemies, predators, like everything is hardwired into our brain for survival. So I'm sorry, but like, we're just never going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you just described made me think of uh, an old movie called Demolition Man. <laughs> I think that's our future. <laughs> just a bunch of nerds walking around and uh, it's just, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It just won't. Like I, I'm, I'm all about loving everybody and, and being nice to your neighbor. You know, I, I have, I have nothing but love for everybody, but I also walk with a big fucking stick too. Oh yeah. If I got to use it, I'm going to use it. Right. I don't want to use it at all. I want to be a nice person and just be happy. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it just, I don't know. The world's a crazy place. It is. I agree. It is a crazy fucking place. Maybe we'll figure it out when we finally die. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get disclosure and everything. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe in the next life if we get one of those. Yeah, they died on your way out and they're like, all right, here's here's the answers to all the questions. It was Mormonism. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite South Park episode. Oh. It was like everyone was dying and they were going to heaven. And the guy at the gate was like, Oh, sorry, the an- the right answer was Mormonism. Okay. You can't give me in. <laughs> oh shit. I love it. That's awesome. That's cool that you got to meet Mr. Bledsoe, though, and had a good time, like a good, ex- an overall good experience out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, um, I have never had, like, I mean, granted, there's a lot of things that I'm still debating in my mind about this whole thing, and I still get a little worried about and stuff, but I haven't had any negative experiences. I haven't felt anything odd or, or any of that kind of stuff, and um, I still, you know... I'm still exploring the situation with that, you know, and I still, I love Chris. I think he's an amazing guy. He's a sweetheart. He, he's a genuine guy. Like, I don't think oh, he has anything. It. If this is negative, I don't think he knows that, you know, I don't no. definitely yeah, don't that's think that he understands any of that. He definitely believes, um, that this is, you know, what it is in his mind. Um, and so, yeah, maybe maybe we're just the dumb ones. Maybe he's right and we're wrong. I'll be the first to say that too. Yeah, and you know, we don't really know because it's like if if he's in contact with something higher, you know, what what if like people who've never contacted that just don't have the knowledge? 
that they're Absolutely. that they're experiencing, you know, that all of a sudden they feel like they have a certain knowledge, you know, and, and when you look at that, you're kind of like, I could see how that could be because obviously you experience something, you're going to gain some sort of knowledge from that. Is it good or is it bad? We don't really know. I think as time goes on, maybe we'll we'll start to have those answers, you know, like right now we've just been in this world trying to figure it all out. Is it real? Is it not real? Well, what if in the future this is all just becomes normal in our reality? Oh, you saw an orb yeah. last night? That's cool. I saw an orb too. It came to me in my dreams, you know, or like came to me in my house. And all of a sudden we start now, now the narrative changes and now we have a new thing to start diving into and figuring out, you know, so we don't know. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah. yeah. And really, we're only in, like, it's his experience. So we're just interpreting what we've heard from it. So right, we're, we're just going off what we've read. We weren't there. We didn't feel it. We didn't hear it. Yeah. So it's really hard to, to uh, it's really hard to put yourself in their shoes when you weren't in their shoes, I guess. Yeah. For lack of yeah. a better term. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. You guys want to try to take some phone calls? You into that, Avery? Yeah. If anybody has any questions yeah. for, yeah, anything, anything. People tend to get a little bashful when we have people on, so <laughs> we'll see if this works. <laughs> so, how did you guys? But yeah, usually, that, go ahead. How did you guys hook up that phone line? Because I'm. You guys are just so cool. Kid. Five years into your podcast, <laughs> you guys got now a phone number. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like we said, we usually try to open the lines. People call in with their experiences, uh, questions, throw out theories, all types of shit. So that's cool. Sometimes it sometimes it takes off. Other nights it's it's dead in the water. You just never know what you're gonna get, which is kind of what we like. Yeah, about keep us. on our toes. Yeah. Um, has there been anything else crazy going on with the Avery? Um, not really. I mean, no. you know, I've just been literally like you guys know, researching takes a lot of time. I don't know how you guys wow. work and then research and then do episodes. Like, I feel like I am literally drowning all the time because it's like I'm, I'm not a person who just goes and reads an article and then repeats it. You know, like there's there's creators out there who just like to pump out content like super fast and so they just read and then pump it out and read and pump it out. And I'm like a person who's genuinely trying to understand it all. And so it's like, I need to read books. I need to get every narrative. I need to like go down all these rabbit holes. And so I've just been working a lot, doing all that stuff. Um, That's a good thing though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've- good to see you back in the fight. Yeah. I had to take a, I had to take a mental break. Because I was like, I feel that. Yeah. Because you get burnout, you know? Do you, do you oh, guys yeah, ever we got take... a caller. Okay, sweet. Let's see what we got. 